This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We have made it all the way to Exodus chapter 15. We are in Exodus chapter 15. And uh, we have two songs, Song of Moses and Song of Miriam. And I know as I say that, there are many of you out there that are tuning out. You're cutting out. You're getting out of this. But let's have a talk because we need to have a talk before we get into these songs. Because the truth is, I think that there are a few things in the church that are hidden. And when I say hidden, people are not involved in them and they're not reaping the benefits of the kingdom of God because of those things. The first thing is something I talked about yesterday and something that I have resolved as a pastor to focus on more and more myself. And that is, first of all, you can obviously tell when I teach about faith, about walking in faith. And I realize that I have not been uh, teaching enough about the way you energize or the way you add power to that wall is by using your spiritual gifts. And I've been talking about walking with God and that, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've been talking about when you hear from God, God speaks to you through his word, but he speaks personally. It's a personal revelation. It's not just a revelation, a general revelation, but he's saying, I want you to do this. I want you to go in this direction. When God speaks to you that way, you have to hear him You have to believe him, and then your actions and your words need to reflect that faith, that belief, and uh, you need to walk in it, okay? That's an obvious truth, okay? But I guess as a pastor, I just uh, sometimes you just overlook these things. The next step is I walk in it using the tools, the kingdom tools, the spirit tools that God has given me, which are my spiritual gifts. And I walk in the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I walk in those things, but I use my spiritual giftedness. And a lot of people say, they don't know what their spiritual giftedness is. What your spiritual giftedness is, is the there's many spiritual gifts mentioned throughout the New Testament. All you have to do is to use that computer you have that walks around with you. You can go to Google.go. I don't care which one you go to, Yahoo, and pipe in list of spiritual gifts. And why don't you type in this list of biblical spiritual gifts, okay? And if you'll type that in, it'll give you, usually it'll give you not only the spiritual gifts, but it'll give you Bible passages to tie off to those things. And you need to look at them and then consider when you're at church, when you're with other believers, when things are going on around you spiritually, meaning when you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, is there an aspect of this gift that you feel energized in? There's people that when they show up to church, they just get to work. They get to working on things. They get to fixing things. They get to 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 setting up things. They want to make sure everything's perfect and everything works out. That's the spiritual gift of works. It's, it is literally a spiritual gift where people are just naturally 
That's their spiritual giftedness in the kingdom. And they just love to make sure that things that are going on at the church are going on smoothly and well. That's a spiritual gift. You can find it in scripture. There's people, when they show up to church, they just have a strong desire for people to be welcomed. And I will say this, Lake Community Church has a lot of people with the gift of hospitality. They have a, we have a lot of people who really desire for new people and people who have just started coming to feel a part of the church. That's a spiritual gift. All right, now, listen, if you feel a hunger or desire towards some of those things, some people just love to pray for people. I, I can't tell you that's intercession. I can't tell you how many spiritual gifts there are out there and how you're uniquely using them. And if you're not using those spiritual gifts, you may be walking in faith, but you might feel like it's powerless in some ways that you're out there fighting and you're battling and what you are, and you are, you're wrestling was what you're doing. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're like, Jacob, you're wrestling with God. You're wrestling, you're using your hands, but you're not using the spiritual powers by which God has given you. You're not using, you're not using those weapons of the spirit that God has given you. And if you'll begin to figure out what your spiritual gifts are, and every time the spirit begins to move, you begin to engage those gifts. Wherever you're at, when God's moving, you begin to use them not only at church, not only in spiritual settings, but in the world, then all of a sudden you're going to see, boy, you're going to see some big stuff happen in your life. You're going to see, you're going to begin to see God really begin to use you to change the world that you live in, to build the church, to build the kingdom of God. You're going to be an active participant in seeing the kingdom move forward. All right. Spiritual gifts are very important. They're highly important. We can go through you know, their spiritual gift inventories and all that kind of stuff. And that's to measure your emotional tie to your gifts. It really deals with your with your heart and your heart bent toward things. But the truth is that you need to use your brain a little bit too and sit down and look and see how, what is it the things I do at church are effective or am I just not doing anything? Am I not just not doing anything? And if I'm not, if I'm just a participant, but I'm not actively engaged in any spiritual gift when I show up, let me tell you something. You're on the sidelines. I'm going to tell you what you are on the team of lot on the team of the kingdom of God. You're the, you're not even the water boy. You're just one of those people that stand around with a shirt on that says, has the little logo of the team. You don't even have a uniform on. You're not doing anything. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I, you're not doing anything. And you know what? That's not, that's bad for us. It's, it's bad for us as pastors, as church people, that's bad for us. But you know what it's worse for? It's you. It's worse for you. It's worse for you. You got to be actively doing what you're doing. Some of y'all are great encouragers. Some of y'all can see really good stuff in people. You need to be encouraging them. And some of you think, I'm not encouraging. I'm just an old codger. I'm just mean old. And that's the truth is the reason you see yourself that way is because you've never really engaged that gift that you have. You see something in people, you ought to speak it to them. I can't tell you the number of spiritual gifts that are going unused in most churches. And let me tell you, we have a church that, that people, a lot of people are using their spiritual gifts, but I will say this, it's not even close to the number that need to be using it. Not even close. We're probably working it. Most churches work at like 10 to 15%. We're probably working at 30, 35%. Can you imagine if we were working at 70%? Can you imagine if 80% of our regular people coming to church were using their spiritual gifts as well as walking by faith? Can you imagine that? I can't imagine. There's no telling what God could do. And let me tell you something. God promises that, that God says that. 
that no eyes seen, no ears heard what God is prepared to do for those who love him. And listen, and they're called according to his service. You got to get into the game. First of all, some of you, we got to get you out of the uh, college shirt with the logo and we got to get you in the uniform. And then some of you, we got to get you in the game. Okay. You're, you've got the uniform on, but you've never been in the game. Uh, we got to get you in the game and you got to figure out what your spiritual giftedness is and begin to operate in that giftedness. Now, the second thing I, you say, pastor, you, you just wasted half the Bible study on that. That's okay. I'll be here four four mornings a week for indefinitely until they kick me off. So we're going to be here talking about the Bible and talking about scripture. The second thing that happens and should happen right at the start of your walk with God in the salvific process, remember we we escaped from Egypt. God delivered us out of Egypt with the blood of the lamb. So Jesus is right in the middle of it. He takes us out. We go out into the wilderness and the world chases us. And when the world chases us out into the wilderness, God delivers us completely from the world. Remember yesterday we talked about he delivers us completely from the power of the world. We're no longer, now, can we allow the world into our lives? Sure. Can we allow the enemy to have a foothold in our lives? Absolutely. Does the enemy have power over us? No. The enemy only has the power which we give the enemy. We know that. We did. That's the Bible study from yesterday. If you're on, if you're listening to this 10 years from now, just go to the Bible study from the number before this one, okay? And listen to it. The world has no power over us, all right? <clears throat> but there are some things that believers need to be doing regularly. I want you to hear me. There are some things that believers need to be doing regularly on a regular basis. These are called disciplines of the faith. There are some things that you need to be doing regularly as you walk with God in order to, in order to be full of the will and the presence of God so that you're literally being washed in the word and it's being, it's being heard with clarity, okay? Not just reading the Bible, but reading the Bible with clarity. And I want, there's, it's important that you do that, that you are able to do that. You want to hear from God and you hear from God by the spirit revealing his word to your situation, the spirit revealing his word to your situation. I'll say it again, the spirit revealing his word to your situation. That's clarity of God speaking into my life from Jesus himself, who is the physical manifestation of God. He's the bread of life. He is the word made flesh. So <clears throat> I need to hear from the word by the spirit. You, are you listening to me? I need to hear from the word by the spirit, and I need to hear it with clarity. I need to hear it with understanding. I need to walk in it, okay? I, <clears throat> you go, how do I hear it with clarity? How do I learn to hear God's word with clarity? All right, right here is the answer. When God delivered us out of Egypt and he took us through the Red Sea and we made the first steps of faith, and you say, what is the first step of faith? It's a public profession of Christ. The first step of faith is to public publicly profess Jesus as your Lord. How do I do that, pastor? Being baptized, that's how you do it. That's that. that Baptism is a public profession of faith. I, you'll notice I'm giving you the basics today, but some people need to hear the basics again, okay? Every once in a while, we just need to go back to the basics. I remember when I was playing football in high school and college, and even in junior high, every, every day of practice, we would go and do fundamentals for 30 minutes. Everywhere I ever went, we did fundamentals for 30 minutes. You know why? Because fundamentals are what sets the course of everything else. Go back to the basics and always do the basics. Do the basic things. If you do the basic things well, you've gotten 80% of the way there. 
then you add those spiritual gifts. You add those. You add these truths into your life, and you begin to chase after God. And before you know it, you're you're skyrocketing in the kingdom, and you are. But you got to do the basics well. So he delivers us out of Egypt. We go through the Red Sea. We get to the other side of the Red Sea, and what do they do first? What is the first thing they do? That's chapter 15 of the book of Exodus. What is the first thing they do? They sing. They sing. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. Of the spiritual giftednesses that I have, and I know that's not a word, spiritual giftednesses, okay? Of all those that I have, I do not have the spiritual gift of singing, okay? I cannot sing well. I'm not a good singer. You can say it any way you want to, and you need to put not in there or no. Sometimes when my daughters would hear me sing, they would just look at me and go, no, that's really, I'm not a good, I'm terrible. On the average scale, I would be below, okay? And so I'm not good at singing. That being said, listen to me, that being said, Just because I'm not good at it doesn't mean that God doesn't require it of me and it's not important for me. Just because I'm not good at it does not mean that God doesn't require it of me and it's not for me. This is for me. It's not for him. It's for me. Okay? Singing is how I tune my ears into his word. It tunes my emotions to his word so that my emotions are not getting out of getting in the way of me hearing from God. Remember, your soul is your heart and your mind. It's your cardia and your suco. okay? So you have your emotions and you have your thoughts in your mind, okay? Oftentimes you can't hear from God because your heart's saying, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. That happens all the time. Happens all the time. I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, nothing. And you can't hear from God. Or, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no. You're panicked and you can't hear from God or your heart saying, your heart saying, stop. You can't hear from God. So how do I get my emotions in line with God? The way you do it is by singing to God. Okay. Now listen to me. I don't care whether you like it or not. I don't care whether you're good at it or not. I remember when I was in the youth choir and we had some great singers in our little bitty youth choir, there were probably 10, 15, 20 of us. And we sang every Sunday night at church. And, and I was the big boy in the middle and the top. And you, you expect to hear someone booming, and booming bass voice from the big guy in the back. And every time we'd start singing, I'd get fired up because I love the new songs we'd sing. Man, Michael W. Smith back in the day, you just, I mean, there were some good songs that we were getting to sing on Sunday night. And I wanted to sing fired up. And every time I'd sing, the youth minister was also the worship leader. And he would say, Chad, you're doing great. Down a little. And every time he'd say down a little, I was thinking, I'm not very singing very loud. I'm not even sure anybody can hear me. And that was the point. That's the point. He didn't want me to be heard. He just had the big guy in the middle, but he didn't want me to be heard, okay? And he didn't want to kick me out, although I think probably worship leadership is obviously not my spiritual gift, preaching and teaching is, but worship leadership's not. That's irrelevant to whether or not I ought to be engaged in the activity, okay? Are you listening to me? If you want to hear from God with pure clarity, you better sing, okay? You've got to. In fact, it is one of the most important things we do as believers. It's not where you go get popcorn and coffee as you wait for the preacher to stand up and start talking. 
That is not what singing is about. That's not what it's about, tuning your emotions to God so that your mind can hear God. If your emotions are getting in the way, your mind will never hear the word. You hear me. If your emotions are getting in the way, your mind will never hear the word. And if you do not spend the worship service, the worship portion of the worship service, where we're actually engaged in worship, participatory worship, if you're not doing that, your mind is not going to hear God with clarity. And it says here, they crossed the Red Sea. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang a song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord. That's first verse I'm affirming. I am going to sing to the Lord. Can we all say that together? I am going to sing to the Lord. Let's say it again. I am going to sing to the Lord. Why? Why am I doing this to you today? Why, preacher, why are you after me this morning? Because you need to hear it. This is what, just like that walking in faith, just like that spiritual giftedness stuff we were talking about earlier. This is one of those fundamentals that you got to have. Listen to me. You have to have it. If you don't have it, you're going to be missing out. You're going to be missing out. If you don't sing to the Lord, you cannot hear God's word with clarity. I cannot say that enough today. You do not sing to the Lord. You cannot hear God's word with clarity. He says, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously, meaning I sing not because of how I feel or my circumstances. I sing because of who he is and what he's done. Now, that's obvious, isn't it? I think so. He says the horse and its rider, has he has thrown into the sea, meaning the enemy pursued me, the world pursued me, chased after me. What did he do? Threw him in the sea. Amen. He's like that linebacker. He, I mean, he punished their quarterback. Am I right? He did. He did. You say, why would the football references this football season? Sorry. We just had our first couple of weeks of football and I'm into it. Okay. All right. And notice verse two, he says, the Lord is my strength and song. What was that talking about? When my emotions get awry, he's my strength and song. And he has become my salvation. All right. Remember, the reason we walk by faith, the reason we hear God's word, the reason we have our minds changed from our point of view to his point of view is so that we can experience salvation. What does he say here in the second verse of this song? He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. Remember, I'm not praising him because I'm good at it or because I necessarily like to do it. I'm doing it because he is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Now, if you're not willing to do that, I'm just telling you these things. I want you to experience the full Christian life. I, I want that for you more than anything else. As a pastor, that is what pastors want. I meet with pastors once a month here in the area. There are some wonderful, good, godly men who are trying to who are trying to lead people, and they just regular folks just like you, okay? Called by God, pastor churches. They good folks. They want to pastor churches, but you know what? I'm quite sure that they're full of churches, full of people too, who are not hearing God and walking by faith, who are not using their spiritual gifts, who are not worshiping God so that they can tune into His Word, and they are pastoring a bunch of people that are missing out too. And now you say, Pastor, you said we're doing good. We are. We're doing way better than normal. I have no doubt about it. 
But that's not enough. If you said, Chad, you've got five children and three of them are going to do really well and two of them are going to die of starvation. Would I say that's okay? Of course not. As a pastor, if you said, Chad, 35% of your congregation is doing great. Another 25% is really trying to figure it out. And boy, 40, you know, 40% of them, they're just withering away in the wilderness. Well, am I supposed to be happy about those numbers? No, I'm not happy with those numbers. I want, and all these pastors that I was talking about earlier, they want to see that their people grow. That's just the way they are. And that's who I am. I want to see my people walk in power and strength, and I want to see them overcoming, and I want to see them doing kingdom work, and I want to see them becoming all that they can be in the kingdom of God. I want to see that, and they do too. And I'm just giving you the fundamentals. If you do not do the things, these fundamentals that we talked about this morning, if you don't do them, you're not going to experience the kingdom in its fullness. And it's just that's just the way it is. And I want you to, I want you to be a part of it, and I want you to try it. And see if I'm wrong. Best thing I can say to you is try it and see if you always say, Ch- Pastor Chad, he just full of, full of malarkey this morning. Okay, that's fine. Maybe, but I promise you this, there's some of you who are listening and some of you are going to try it. And some of you are going to actually begin to do it. And you're going to see the kingdom come alive in your life. And when that happens, mm, ain't no telling what you liable to do. Ain't no telling what you liable to see happen. Praise God, he does. He's faithful when we're not. But we need to learn to be faithful so that we might have all that he has and so that we might glorify his name fully with our life. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.